You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. This week, we're discussing Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. They're coming to get you, Barbara. We're on a mission from God. Sorry, did I break your concentration? Man's got to know his limitations. And they mostly come at night. Mostly. Let's put a smile on that face. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like victory. This sort of thing has cropped up before, and it has always been due to human error. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. Uh, with me tonight is not Mr. Jeremy Vinson. Um, he's actually working on movie stuff right now for uh, Girl in Woods, his upcoming um, next feature. So with me instead tonight, I have Mr. Paul Williams. Paul, say hello. What's up, everybody? What's up? Most of the guests we've had on the show before, uh, the whole whopping two that we've had on the show before, Almost everybody that we have on here are filmmakers, uh, and or at least attempting to be filmmakers. Paul is the first person that we've had on the show that is not an actual... Paul is actually somebody I went to high school with. Tonight, we're talking about Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. This film came out in 1987, directed by Sam Raimi, starring Bruce Campbell. And now, Paul, you picked this film for us to cover. I take it that this is a movie that you like. I've been a huge Evil Dead to, well, both Evil Dead, all three movies, I've actually enjoyed. Um, But I think for some reason, Evil Dead 2 just has always stuck out to me as being a very unique film for its time. And even in the trilogy of the Evil Dead series, it's still, to me, the best out of the three. This is your favorite? Yeah, it's, it's it's probably my favorite one. I mean, I love all three of the films. I mean, you know, you get that good element of horror plus a little element of comedy in it, too, which is, which is great for the film. Evil Dead 2 almost, like, that was the one that really kind of really got them noticed and really pushed their careers forward where they could do... Now, when I say they, I'm talking about Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell. Um, where the first Evil Dead caught everybody's attention, especially Stephen King's, on the behind the scenes of the film, they're actually they actually talk about how Stephen King was on the set for um, what was that film? It was uh, it was the one with the cars take over the world. What was that movie called? Yeah, Maximum uh, Overdrive. No, it was Maximum oh, okay. Overdrive. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So Stephen King, of course, was his one foray into directing was Maximum Overdrive. And while he was making that, he mentioned to uh, De Laurentiis, that uh, the big producer, he should fund and get them to make Evil Dead Two. He, you know, because Stephen King was a huge fan. He gave him that really big uh, quote on their poster. You know, that was that was a real big thing from them because that was from Stephen King, who in the eighties was like the shit. He was like the horror novel master <laughs> in the 80s. So Stephen King pretty much, just that basic comment, um, I think Bruce Campbell has been on saying that, you know, they, they were talking to like Coca-Cola and I forget, was it like NBC or something? They were talking to all these places about, mm-hmm. you know, possibly making a movie 
Dino gave them he gave them the money and they were able to to make this film. Well, uh, I think Evil Dead Two caused a lot of problems too with because uh, Sam Raimi almost lost the rights to Evil Dead, if I'm not mistaken. Well, yeah, he did. That's why a lot of people think that Evil Dead Two is a remake. Which is completely wrong. It, it's called Evil Dead 2. It's actually a sequel. It's, it's not remaking anything. If anything's a remake, it's that beginning section of the film right before he yeah. gets possessed by the demon. Yeah, the whole part of the bridge. Well, no, it's, it's to when he gets, he gets hit by the demon because, if you remember, that's where the last movie ends. I should have cut, cut this in at the beginning of the movie, but uh, spoiler warnings... Um, so yeah, I mean yeah. these are older films, but yeah, we are spoiling them. We're going to talk completely about them thoroughly. Yeah, so like that's how the original Evil Dead movie ended. And so Evil Dead 2, they didn't have the rights, so they had to go back and they had to reshoot all that stuff. When Ash gets attacked and he gets sucked and gets thrown back into the trees and stuff, that's really where Evil Dead 2 that's where the new story continues. Now, Sam Raimi was the director for Evil Dead 2. He also directed Evil Dead 1 and its um, sequel, Army of Darkness. Mm-hmm. He had a huge career after horror. But I always thought, I always thought that, that horror was, was Sam Raimi's kind of calling. Um, yeah, but those Spider-Man that, movies that, that, made him his money. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, well, I would totally agree with that. But not, I mean, not discrediting other films that he has done, um, except for Drag Me to Hell, which is in my opinion, a total different subject because I really didn't care for that movie that much. You're insane, um, dude. Drag Me to Hell is an excellent film. That's not Sam Raimi's fault. <laughs> I don't understand you how... Know, wait, wait. So you like Evil Dead too, but you don't like Drag Me to Hell? I mean, yeah, I do like parts of Drag Me to Hell, but overall, I mean, the movie's okay. Would I say that it's Sam Raimi's best film? No. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not the worst movie ever made. I mean, I really, really like Sam Raimi as a director. You know, the guy's got a really good vision. And another thing about, you know, Evil Dead and, and some of the, you know, the, the Evil Dead trilogy, it's got jump scares a little bit and stuff like that. And so it does have some eerie moments in it. But then at the same time, there are parts of the film that will literally make you laugh your ass off. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, that's Sam Raimi's style. I think that's what Sam Raimi brings to his films. That's why it's so, it's so surprising to me you don't, like, drag me to hell, because it's like, he has his gore, you know, but he also, at the same time, he brings a lot of comedy, and he's very famous for his, like, his Three Stooges, like, slapstick gags and and things like yeah. that that he puts in, in almost all of his films. It's not just exclusively, like, you Evil really, Dead. You really see a lot of that in Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Like, it's still it's yeah. still too gross to show to a kid. If you're going to lose your lunch at the sight of blood, I would recommend definitely not watching this film because there's a lot of blood in this movie. <laughs> and it's red, it's green, it's blue, it's black. It's all different colors. Yeah, I think some of the special effects work was really good in this film. Um, another guy I have to give give credit to is the uh, director of photography, uh, Peter Deming. Like, I give major props to directors of photography if they can make a dark movie look really good. Do you know he was also the director of photography for Cabin in the Woods? Really? <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, if you haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, Cabin in the Woods is kind of a spoof on on these kind of horror movies. Kind of, you know, it's, it's, it's a direct spoof of 
Evil Dead almost. You know, I really enjoyed that movie, man. <laughs> All right, Paul. Well, yeah, uh, what do you say uh, we take a break, uh, listen to the trailer for Evil Dead 2, and we'll come back and uh, we'll get into a very spoiler-filled discussion. Four years ago, in this quiet forest, in this cozy cabin, something happened. Something so frightening. Something so deadly. Something so evil. We prayed it would never happen again. From the creator of Evil Dead comes Evil Dead 2. was the trailer for evil dead 2 so this film uh it starts off with a really kind of interesting animated story of this book of the dead i do like how like they have the muppet the muppet monsters that are like kind of popping out of the vortex i really think the intro to that movie is really good you know it kind of gives you a bit of a backstory on the necronomicon and Evil Dead just kind of goes straight into the movie, you know. So you get a little bit of backstory with Evil Dead too. It's an it's a really awesome scene. It sets you up. It pulls you into the movie right away because um, this movie does not waste time on like, character development. What the fuck is that shit? We don't need character development. We need to have a fun no, roller coaster ride. I do. <laughs> Before we get too too far into the film, we usually like to start off with. Uh, what a version of the film that we we watched and how we watched it. I actually watched the Blu-ray that came out about three, four, anywhere from two to four years ago. It came out on Blu-ray from Lionsgate. The transfer looks amazing. It's like ten bucks. It's really it's a real cheap Blu-ray. You should definitely buy it. But there's so many freaking editions of Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two, and Army of Darkness. Uh, Paul, which uh, which version did you watch? Did you watch the DVD? You watch the Blu-ray? Um, what did you do? I had the special edition DVD. Oh, is that the one that's got the old artwork? Where it's got the... Yeah. Okay, with the tape, and it's got, like, ash, and it's hand-drawn? I actually still own my original copy of Evil Dead, Dead by Dawn on VHS. That's how much I actually... That's how much I enjoy that movie. The first time I saw this, it was... Uh, I was I rented it on VHS. They drive to the cabin, all right? So, yes, yes, this is a cabin in the woods. Uh, and they go across a bridge. Now, when they go across the bridge, there is a really awesome wide shot there where they go to a model. And you're probably like, why do they go to a model for the bridge shot? Well, this is a bridge that they later destroy. Sir, so our main character cannot escape the evil dead. I thought all the model work in this was really good, but there's no destruction in that. And it's just a car going down a bridge. Uh, but I thought it was done very well. Yeah, for 19, you know, 1980s. 
80s. I think it's done yeah. very well. Realize that also it's a 1980s semi-low-budget Ash, man, in in this movie, he starts off like his demeanor is different, you know, for the character. Oh, uh, the budget for Evil Dead 2 was $3.5 million, according to this. I do remember on the special features where, like, they were saying that they went from Evil Dead, which had a budget of, like, $2 million, to Evil Dead 2, which had, like, I think on the special features they said it had $4 million. Yeah. After this opening sequence... We go straight into Ash's Ash's girlfriend, um, and he doesn't really ask her to marry him, but he gives her this really weird necklace that is like some kind of like magnifying glass. Yeah, it looks like a really fancy ass magnifying glass. That woman has some really shitty taste in jewelry. Let me tell you why. Because that that just I don't yeah. know that does nothing for me. Ash does have some really corny lines. When like he's hitting on his girl, <laughs> like that that one yeah. scene in there where he's just like, "Cause I'm a man and you're a woman." At least the last time I checked. What do you say we have some champagne, eh, baby? Huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> After all, I'm a man and you're a woman. <laughs> At least last time I checked. <laughs> okay. Bum 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 bum. When he makes the reference to giving the champagne after he gives her the necklace. Corny cornball, fucking cornball gifts right there, buddy. Now, when he goes and he gets his champagne, he happens to notice that there's a tape player right there. And if you've seen the first movie, you know that you know what's on the tape player. It's now this- that's one thing that I will say uh, that I I enjoyed about Evil Dead a little bit more than Evil Dead Two. We said earlier there's really not a lot of character development in Evil Dead Two. And people that do kind of just get straight to the point, you know, them finding that cheap recorder in the cellar in Evil Dead. Versus yeah, well, I mean, this is, this is more of a wrap-up, though, too. Like, when we talked about, like, you know, he's got he's to gotta do the highlight points of the first Evil Dead movie as quick as he possibly can yeah. because he wants to get to the new stuff. I mean, and by and, he, I mean Ray. You know, he kind of finds it and plays it and... Yeah, and evil spirits mean, come out of the woods. You know, it it happens all the time, guys. When you go into a cabin in the woods, don't touch shit. Throw the bitch out the window. When he when he hits play on the uh, tape recorder, we get this really cool. And this is where, like, you can see where they have a lot more budget than they did in the first Evil Dead, because when he hits play on the tape recorder, we get a flashback to this family. It's this old man, his wife. And his daughter, and I guess her boyfriend or fiance, they actually show them finding him in like this castle, and they they built a little bit of a set. They at least they built a hallway, and then they had a matte painting shot. You know, these things do cost money. They're putting their dollars up on screen here. Yeah, you were talking about uh, the one Annie Annie girl's boyfriend. Yeah, that dude was just an ascot away from being Fred from fucking Scooby Doo. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I can see him. Uh, yeah, I can see him being Fred from Scooby Doo. Yeah, our tape brings back demons or the Evil Dead or whatever you want to call them. Um, the Deadite come. They take his girlfriend. You know who knows what kind of weird possession crap they do. They get her. She's all crazy. The makeup on her is really cool. I really like the uh, the contacts they gave her. You know, it's very simple. But it's a, it's a good, creepy effect. There's one shot in particular where Linda has her arms 
stretched out, and she's just got this creepy ass look on her face. You know, I really don't know where where fucking Ash finds this shovel. He just like pulls the fucking shovel out of his ass, cuts her fucking head off with it. You know, your girlfriend's possessed by a demon. You cut her head off. He cuts her head off. He buries her. He's over it really, really, really pretty quick. You were talking about the DP uh, earlier. What was his name? Peter Dimmings? Yeah, Peter Dimmings. He blasts those woods with some HMIs. It's very stylized. The dude doesn't even mourn. (laughs) Briefly. And then at that point in time in the movie, he tries to get away. He gets possessed. When he gets taken, it looks like he gets shot on the other side of the world that he's going so fast and he's spinning around and he's doing all this shit. He gets dropped. He falls into a puddle of water. He wakes up. He's possessed. Uh, it goes away because the sun comes out. Sun's bad. He wakes up. So we get when he wakes up, we get this awesome, really cool, like you know, panning this three sixty pan of the woods. And when you get that shot, you realize that the house is maybe thirty five feet away from him. The car is like not even that much. It's maybe twenty five feet away from him. And where he buried his yeah. dead girlfriend. Is like maybe 15 feet away from me. The special effects for that scene with with Ash's eye going from solid white back to a normal looking eye, that is actually done with a fake eye and milk and water. The eye had water in it, and they injected the eye with milk. And then when they did it, they just reversed the frame. Oh, really? I did not know that. That's pretty cool. The demon gets a, The demon gets a hold of him. He decides to get the fuck out of there. What does he do next, Paul? He just jumps in that yellow tub and calls that down the road. Gets to the bridge where he realizes that the bridge has been destroyed. The deadites start coming after his ass again. He hauls ass off in the car. But yeah, that is, that yeah. is a really cool scene. And that, that, those shots are really, like the POV shots of the uh, Evil Dead, those are amazing. I mean, like I said, I really, really enjoy kind of intense, frantic moments of the film. They're like almost controlled chaos moments. That's what Sam Raimi excels at, is that insane camera that he just places everywhere. He he did it in everything from Quick and the Dead, which was a Western. I mean, I don't think there's a genre this guy hasn't tackled. just feel like no matter what you throw at him, he's going to bring every bit of his energy to it. Well, yeah, he definitely does, man. Well, he he gets back in the cabin, and of course we have, I I totally skipped this over, just, I, we gotta talk about it. The daughter of the professor, she arrives at the airport, and her and that guy are absolutely atrocious in that scene. Yeah, I will have to agree with that. They are fucking bland. Like, really bland. She's not bad when she's in a scene with Bruce Campbell because Bruce Campbell can act. She's not yeah. bad then. She is bad is with... When she when she has to act with that guy and the two and two other two other redneck mountain... It, Bobby Joe. That's right. Uh, when we meet them later, you know, it's just like... Uh, it's actually a huge relief. It's like, oh my God, please, this lady is not acting with this... Guy and yeah, literally, literally, they are a boredom and comic relief. Yeah, (laughs) they are. 
And then after we get that scene, we cut back to Ash, and Ash is like, we get this really great scene where we hear this noise, and he goes, checks on the noise, and it turns out it's this piano, and it's this piano playing this this melody or whatever. For whatever reason, this music makes him think of his dead girlfriend. He gets that little magnifying thing. He's like, oh my god, my girlfriend died. He starts totally breaking down. Yeah, and then he looks out the window and sees her. And this is one thing. This is one thing that I always sound so fucking weird about this movie. This is not even twenty four hours later. He's already fully decomposed. Everything on him is rotted. Yeah, but that's got to be like the world's record for decomposing corpse. Uh, so yeah, he deals with his crazy girlfriend. They have like some kind of crazy fight, and it ends up being a dream. From this dream, he wakes up and he's sitting in this chair and like his girlfriend's head drops out of the air onto his lap. And we were talking earlier about this being a comedy. We get our first like straight up slapstick three stooges comedic moment here when she bites him. Yeah, and she bites the shit out of his hand. Yeah, yeah, she bites him and she holds on. So he's like there's a huge sequence to this movie where he's just running around with this with his girlfriend's dead, decapitated head, he's like beating it, and he goes outside, and he's like, "Work shed." He's in there, and he puts her head into the vice, and then her rotting corpse manages to miraculously find this fucking chainsaw. But when he goes and he looks for the chainsaw, he pulls the curtain back, and there's literally a space on the shelf with a chalk outline of a chainsaw. Yeah, that was that was awesome. I, I thought it was funny. You know, it was like it was almost like a cartoon, like a like a Warner Brothers cartoon moment. He pulls the little curtain back. And first of all, why would you have a curtain set up to cover where your chainsaw is hanging up in the dual head anyway? I don't know. And like the actual saw is like three times the size of this fucking outline. In the workshed scene, there is a glove. Of a very certain famous 80s icon. Freddy Krueger. So there is Freddy Krueger's glove. Sam Raimi put a poster for The Hills Have Eyes in Evil Dead. And then after, of course, he did that, Craven put The Evil Dead. Nancy is watching that in A Nightmare in Elm Street. She's watching Evil Dead on TV to stay awake. So there was this little back and forth between these guys for a little while. I think it stopped after Evil Dead 2. Yeah, I don't think there's any references in, in Army of Darkness to not that I've ever seen. If anybody, if you know differently, please email us and let us know. We'd we'd actually love to know that information. Uh, after he kills his kills Linda's dead head, he kind of goes to a little brief spell of almost madness, <laughs> which is totally ridiculous and over the top. Really awesome scene where this. Rocking chair starts rocking back and forth. He puts his hand out to it. Then his hand gets possessed. And I never understood, like, your hand is possessed by a demon. You know, it's not like he just fucking cut his hand open. When you cut your hand, yeah, you're supposed to cut run it under cold water. When you get your hand possessed by a fucking deadite, I don't think running your hand under cold water is going to do you any damn good. I love that scene because he's like sit there, you know, running his hand over the water and then he, he's almost getting some relief and then you see the hand kind of like, without him knowing, inch over and there's a bunch of plates and he just 
grabs the plates and starts bashing them over his head. Sam Raimi actually saw a short film that this guy, Steven Spangle, did. It was a short film about the hamburger helper guy. Makes yeah. a great meal. So anyway, this this little this little white glove guy is like going around, and it shows in the short film. If you watch the behind the scenes, you know extras and shit, you you can see that he's doing the same exact things that Ash's hand does in in the movie. Like the, the middle finger, all this stuff is is completely done. Bruce Campbell acts yeah. his ass off here. Like, he is throwing himself around, beating himself with these oh, yeah, he grabs himself by the hair and flips himself, which, I, ironically, that is what landed his role in Briscoe County Jr. He grabbed himself by his hair and flipped himself over in the audition. Really? So, so that, that one move got him Briscoe County Jr.? Yeah, that one move, if you go out and buy... The complete series of Briscoe County Jr. They have the uh, this extra special feature on there called the Book of Bruce. It's like a little short documentary, of basically about Bruce Campbell and his experiences. He even talks about Evil Dead in the uh, special features for Briscoe County Jr. Is your new home? So his hand is possessed. So he decides, like any good person would, to chop it off. His hand makes this really high pitch, like, <laughs> If you could imagine what, a, what it would sound like to hear a mouse laugh. And then you go into the whole sequence with Ash. <laughs> Ash battles his severed hand. Before we get to uh, Ash's several hand, we do go back to um, the daughter of the professor, uh, her boyfriend. They end up running in across these two completely mountain redneck folks. Bobby Sue and Ed. Uh, yeah, no, wait, no, Jake. Me, Jake? I always thought was, I thought Jake was the blonde headed dude. I thought Ed was the other dude. Yeah, I think no, Ed. Man. I think I'm Ed is the good looking guy. Yeah, Dan Hicks plays Jake. Okay, so they shot this in North Carolina. Bruce Campbell says the only the reason that they hired this guy, they saw him and he acted. Yeah. He came in at the audition, but he was like, "Yeah, you know, I can take some of my teeth out." And he went and he took his bridge out of his mouth, and he was like missing like four teeth. And they were like, "Yep, you're perfect." Yeah, oh, Ed and Bobby Sue. I mean, Bob, Bobby Joe. At this point, uh, once once his hand gets infected, he cuts it off. The hand runs around all over the place. He shoots it. Well, he shoots it because yeah. it's, it's behind a wall. But when he shoots it, yeah, it's not just a little bit of blood. Yeah, it starts off with a couple of drops of blood. And the next thing you know, it's just like... Okay, well, the blood minutes. turns black in this scene. Why did they go with black blood? If they would have used red blood, the movie wouldn't have gotten an R rating. It would have gotten an NC-17 rating. And... NC-17 is basically virtual death for a movie, especially in the 1980s. I don't even know if they had... I think in the 1980s, they only had re- they only had X. I don't think NC-17 came around until the 90s. Well, it would have been... It would have been the same equivalent. It would have been an X-rated film. Yep, and that whole sequence right there was actually shot in a North Carolina high school gymnasium. But yeah, anyway, he ends up catching the hand. He... Puts it underneath a trash can with a stack of books. 
the very top bunk is farewell to arms. So the hand is loose yeah. somewhere in the place. He goes to sit down in a chair and it breaks. Everything in the room comes alive and starts laughing at him, including a really scary, demonically possessed fucking moose deer head. head. That, wait, is that a deer? Yeah, it's a deer head. Oh my god, it's the most terrifying deer of all time. The desk lamp just sits there and goes up and down. And my favorite part yeah. of the whole thing is when Bruce Campbell's character actually sees it. And he's going so insane. He's like, yes, I'm like a desk lamp. And he actually starts squatting up and down. Because <laughs> that's when you yeah. realize, like, man, this guy is fucking insane. He has lost his goddamn mind. At this point, he is yeah. completely batshit insane. And he hears a noise at the door. He goes to shoot at said door. He shoots Bobby Joe. We don't know that at the time. The redneck hillbilly guy comes in. He just jumps on freaking Ash. It's like 30 seconds later, here comes the blonde guy like, Hey, what's going on? Like, where were you this entire time? One of your members of your party just got shot, and you were just like, were you just hanging out outside or something? No, he's out there trying to find Daphne. You want to talk about a fucking filler, just a character as a filler? That dude was definitely a filler character. Well, I don't yeah, think of course. He was there for body count, right? For real, I really don't think that dude had but like maybe 12 lines in the entire movie. All right, here's where we we're just gonna we're gonna skip over this part really quick because it is so terrible. The girl that plays the daughter of the professor. Oh yeah, she is so bad. Folks aren't here. Maybe they never came. But these are my father's things. It's only been a few hours since I've translated and spoken aloud the first of the demon resurrection passages from the Book of the Dead. Shh. Listen up. This is my father's voice. And now I fear that my wife has become host to a Kandarian demon. Oh, wait. Hold up. This is my father's voice. She goes and she plays the tape because she wants to know what's going on. Her dad comes on there, the professor guy, and he pretty much just tells her that, uh, yeah, some demons possessed my wife. I chopped her up in the basement. That's where she is. You know, hey, no, no it's no worries. So they throw Ash down in the cellar, all right, because, you know, he tried to kill him. Ash is not afraid of his girlfriend. You know, he'll cut his fucking girlfriend's head off with a shovel. He cuts his own hand off because it gets, you know, possessed. For some reason, this dude is scared shitless of Henrietta in that cellar. Yeah, because she's, she's, she's scary, and she came out of the ground. I mean, it's, yeah. like, it's, like, it's like living dead all over again, dude. I am a sucker for the Siege film, you know, where somebody is completely held up in a one-in-room, one environment, one house, one precinct, whatever you want to have it. Everything evil is trying to come in and get them. I love yeah. those kind of movies. That just does it for me in terms of low, not only low budget filmmaking, but just that just, I like those kind of stories. Yeah. And I mean, at that point in time in the movie, Ash is sitting there screaming at them through this chain lock cellar door. They finally let him out and they have a little run with the dead eye. And basically they lock her back into the cellar and then they go, it kind of goes with the same, the same old Evil Dead, you know, thing where it's like 
She's a dead-eyed woman, and she's like, oh, my God, he drives all. And the next second, she's sitting there singing, you know, lullabies to her daughter, and it looks like her mother. That's when Fred, a.k.a. Jake, gets possessed. You know, you kind of get you kind of get that same scene in the original Evil Dead where she's floating above the ground. She's talking about dead by dawn, dead by dawn, you know. So the dead dude's possessed by the dead eyes. And he attacks Bobby Jet. Bites a good chunk of her hair out. Like, dude, I, 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 dude, that's the only moment in that film where he gets completely Muppet for me. Is when he eats yeah. her hair, he's like going to swallow it. His hand comes up. And the way his hand comes up and the way he's swallowing it, he looks like a Muppet. Yeah. You ever seen where Ash and Ed are trying to close the cellar door? Oh, yes. And, and the eyeball. Like, yeah, they pop fucking eyeball out and it just like lands right dead in Bobby Jay's mouth. And that is the scariest, grossest thing in that entire film to me. He totally cuts this guy up. The blind guy gets, yeah, he gets cut up into pieces. And his blood. Does getting possessed change your physiology? It gives you alien blood, man. It doesn't give you a xenomorph alien blood because that shit's made of acid. So we all know that that is obviously not the case because these guys get covered in this green shit. It spiders all over the deer, mounted on the wall. Like, he turned into a deadite really quick, too. I don't understand how the Evil Dead stuff works. Yeah, I never understood that either. I always thought it was because Henrietta grabbed him by his face and just kind of threw him across the room. Like, what does it take to make you, like, the Evil Dead? Obviously, they have to get you somehow. You get your hand bitten. It only turns your hand into a deadite. I really wish they'd worked out the rules a little bit better. Yeah, I agree. There's no kind of zombie rules. There's no rules at all. That that's kind of that's probably my biggest complaint with the film. The witch the witch is locked up. The blonde dude's been dealt with. The professor that was in the beginning of the film that found the book of the dead. He starts coming into our reality because this guy's dead. So he's from, you know, a, a different I think Ash says like, "Oh, I think that was something trying to maybe come into our world." You know, of course, the dad tells them, like, you have to read from the pages that you brought that were torn out of the Necronomicon. And it's it's a really cool scene. It's really well done. Your salvation lies there. The pages of the book recite the passages, dispel the evil. Save my soul. And then Bobby Jerry makes the comment, you're holding my hand too tight. And then she freaks the fuck out because it's Ash's severed hand. And she ends up running out of this cabin. It's almost like the tree rape scene, except for there's really no rape. I'm glad you brought that up because, yes, there is a tree rape scene in the first Evil Dead. A tree actually rapes a woman. Yeah. Brutally. Exactly. Think about that, guys. In Evil Dead 2, of course, she doesn't really get raped, but she gets really tortured by this tree. But Bobby Joe gets entangled in twigs 
twigs go into her skin and then I guess it's suggested that she's ran into a tree at high speeds and that's what kills her. So of course she's gone and this kind of sets up this is the motivator for our our really our third act. Before that actually happens Ash is sitting there talking to Annie and she tells him about this prophecy about this guy who saves medieval people from the deadites. And then Ash makes some kind of snide comment, well, like, he did a very good job, yeah. And he was talking about his fucking self. You know, you don't know it yet in the movie because he hasn't he hasn't done it yet. The picture, and it's a guy holding a shotgun is, in his other arm is a chainsaw. And he's not holding the chainsaw. His other arm is a chainsaw. You lose all the importance of that until you're a little bit later into the film. Yeah. And I don't know, at that point in time, I think Jake kind of loses it. He kind of loses it because all he cares about is finding the body yet. The redneck throws the pages that are going to save them in the cellar where there is a witch. All because he doesn't want to go look for Bobby Joe by himself. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is when he's sitting out there, Bobby Joe! Baba Joe! Baba Joe! You'll get us all killed! Shut up! Leave us alone! Get out of here! Baba Joe! Baba Joe! Ash ends up getting the gun from him. And knocking him unconscious. Ash doesn't just knock him unconscious because he's a regular guy. Yeah, yeah. I guess Ash gets possessed by the deadite again. And I, I, dude, I love it when Ash goes full demon. The makeup on on Bruce Campbell when he goes full deadite is awesome. And of course, he's trying to get this girl. She's going crazy. She ends up getting the this really weird spine sword. I always thought that that was really. Really coolly designed. Yeah, like, I mean, it, it is a spine sword. Yeah, like a short sword. Yeah. The redneck, he comes to the door and she stabs his ass. Yeah, everybody in the far mind knows if you get stabbed with a knife, don't pull the motherfucker out. The girl stabs evil red uh, the redneck guy on mistake because she thinks that he is evil-possessed Ash. And she's got a great scene where she's carrying him into another room and she's pulling him. And she's such a bitch to him. Yeah, she's she like, is a complete bitch about she that. Is, she she's is like, a complete bitch. He has got a gigantic piece of bone sticking through his stomach. Ah! <laughs> I can't breathe. I, I can't breathe. Hurry. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm pretty sure he's in a lot of pain. She's laying him down on the floor. The cellar is like a cellar door. like It's like one of those. It's kind of like a trap door on the floor. With this little bit of opening, she grabs this motherfucker fucking redneck guy and pulls him down 
I'm pretty sure there is no way in hell there is that much blood in the human body. In the human body, yeah. And like, if you actually watch that and really pay close attention to that scene, her entire body gets covered in blood, but she doesn't get a drop of blood on her face. You know, her face is on screen the entire time. You got to keep that looking good, dude. Kind of ash kind of comes back in, and he's still all possessed and shit. He knocks the chick out. The guy is dragged under the stairs by the witch. He sees that same little magnifying necklace glass thing that he gave his girl. Yeah, for some weird reason, it, it like it brings that stuff thing that can bring the human side back in him. The other, the only other woman that's left. So there's him and this one other woman, Anna. Yeah, and she comes up and she, you know, tries to attack him. And then, like, the fact that then he's like, she, you think she's going to calm down for a second? And then she runs and grabs the fucking axe and tries to attack him with the fucking same axe that he chopped her boyfriend up with. You know, I'd do the same exact thing if I was her. I would be like, I would, I'm going to make sure you're not a demon. I mean, the pages of the Necronomicon they need are in the cellar. So there's this little montage scene of Ash hooking the chainsaw to where his severed hand was. So the whole the whole point is that they they want to say the spell, and this spell is going to get the evil that's out in the woods. The evil dead will become incarnated in flesh, so it will become a living flesh creature. And then the other part of the spell is this teleporting wormhole thing that will suck you back. They go down to the cellar. There's this real suspenseful scene. Uh, Ash ends up getting all the, the pages. He gets all the pages. He hands them to the girl. And, of course, the minute he hands them to her, you know, the, the witch that was down in the cellar starts attacking him and takes him out. By this point, uh, Ash has a chainsaw for an arm. He has a shotgun that has been cut in half that's on his back. Yeah, he's just a bandana away from being Rambo. The evil personifies as this giant face that comes through the door, very a la Poltergeist. And then this tree-like hand comes through the fucking door to get him, which I always thought was weird because the monster's face doesn't look very tree-like. At that point in time, it almost showed the actual power that the Deadites actually have completely made an entire forest come to life, become one gigantic-ass organic transformer monster. The entire time, the professor's daughter, Anna, she's been spouting off all these words from these missing pages. But before she can finish reading... Ash's hand, severed hand, actually comes and attacks her with the uh, necromancer's blade and kills her. Being is that the incantation wasn't finished properly, it creates this weird vortex. I did, I did not read it that way. I read it as she finished with her dying word. She finished yeah, the incantation, finished. and that was actually what was supposed to happen. I didn't read that as, like, she fucked it up. Yeah, now that you make that point, it, it does make total sense. I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. agree with that with, like, Army of Darkness. There is a huge plot point with... Him not saying the exact words, 100% right. He completely fucks it up. 
and goes into a different time. But I did not take that here in Evil Dead 2 because you have this whole thing with like the prophecy of this this one guy that's supposed to get rid of all the evil. Like I can see how you can read that after you watched Army of Darkness, but before Army of Darkness came out, I never once read it that way. Yeah, well, I mean, that's probably the reason why I said it that way, too, is because I've seen Army of Darkness as well. But, yeah, you know, he goes into that weird vortex. His car hits the ground. It's like the house didn't go in the vortex, just him and the car. You know that the guy that first lifts his, like, little visor, his little knight's helmet? Because when they go back, they're actually in medieval times with knights and horseback and shit. That's actually Sam Raimi? All these, you know, knights and shit, they got swords and everything else. I mean, they don't got no shot, double barrel sawed off shotgun and fucking chainsaw. Here comes a winged deadite. Now we're getting into different yeah. kind of like stop motion puppetry, like different monsters. Now we have a winged deadite yeah. that's coming down from the skies. As blasted. The medieval guys are like, fuck yeah, dude, you got a shotgun. This is awesome. And they're putting up their hands like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just kind of fucking ends and it cuts to black. Did you see Evil Dead 2 before you saw Army of Darkness? Yes. Yes, me too. When you got done watching Evil Dead, were you like, the next logical step is to go pure comedy? Yeah, I really didn't think that, no. Honestly, man, for the longest time, I didn't even know Army of Darkness was the third Evil Dead movie. I just happened to pick it up one day. Um, I think I rented it. For you young kids, it was back in the day when we used to go rent something for some things called VCRs. You would charge $2.50 because you didn't rewind the fucking tape. You got charged $2.50? Where the fuck were you renting your videotapes from? Happy is- times, man. Oh, dude, ha- no, that's wrong then. Happy Time had a 99-cent rewind charge. I always thought it was bullshit because it's like, you're going to charge me money because I didn't rewind this film. So Evil Dead 2, I think is a really great film. I think it's probably my, personally, it's probably my favorite of the Evil Dead franchise. I really enjoy it. Yeah, I have to say I agree with you 100%. It's, it's, it's got its creepy moments. It's got its funny moments. Yeah, anybody out there who hears it, I strongly recommend on go out and pick up the trilogy and do yourself a favor and sit down and watch it. I don't know. We'll see what uh, what happens. Um, I know that they are... Evil Dead TV series is coming out, Ash versus the Evil Dead. So that's I'm sure that's going to revitalize the franchise and get Hollywood and other individuals thinking about how they can make money off this property. I mean, they even went and made video games. I mean, you had the Evil Dead Fistful of Boomstick. I played the demo of that. How was the actual game? Have you played that? Yeah, it was actually really fun, man. It was really, really fun. I would really like to see the Evil Dead be made into like a comic series. Too late, buddy. It's already been done. I'm going to check that out myself. There is an Evil Dead comic, and it's by Dark Horse. It runs quite a wh- quite a while. Uh, you can check that out if you want. I've read it. I can't vouch for the quality or anything like that. Okay, so I think we both really like Evil Dead. Yeah, anyone who, who hears this and hasn't seen them, it'll, you'll thoroughly enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, I think as long as you're not like a 
super offended by gore, I think it'll be all right. All right, so I think that's going to do it for us tonight. That's going to close out our conversation on Evil Dead 2. Paul, man, thanks so much for coming out tonight. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on the show, and uh, I hope to be able to come back and do some more episodes. And, and I, I really appreciate you uh, letting me chime in on this one tonight. And as always, if you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's themoviecrew at gmail.com. And crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's themoviecrew at gmail.com. We do have a voicemail line, and that number is 323-539-8661. Give us a call, leave us a voicemail, and guys, um, if you could just go over to iTunes and Stitcher and leave us a rating that would be much appreciated because it just helps us find an audience. And as always, we close out the show with a track from the soundtrack. This is from Joseph Leduca's Evil Dead 2 soundtrack. Track 1, Behemoth. Enjoy! Enjoy! <laughs>